and welcome all to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Taylor Reeves, alongside my other co-host, Jacob Debris. Jacob Dupree, aka wow. the commissioner. Sorry, man. It Sorry. Was, hey, that was that powerful? You'll you'll understand here in a minute, folks. Uh, we also have a special guest. Casey has returned to the group. Uh, so today is our twenty-first, and so we thought it would be special too. Oh, baby, let's do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jacob, what what is your uh, choice of drink? Uh, this right here is unfortunately it's a blonde ale because it's all I had in the house. I wish I had something harder. That's you know like Jack and Coke sounds on point right now. I got a, I got the McConaughey Long Branch Bourbon, uh, one forty five on a Sunday afternoon. It's uh, it's quite good. I may smoke some cigars this evening. It's it's gonna be a good afternoon. It's the best way to live life. It's uh it's it's a beautiful thing. And, uh, Casey, what you drinking? Is that a Snapple? <laughs> for all, hey, you for took all my you joke. Are. Hey, for, for all you non-drinkers out there, I got some Lipton peach tea. Come on now. Man, he's Come on the hard it. stuff this morning. Woo! I don't know. I, I'm kind of curious to try it now. I've never had Lipton's peach tea, and so I'm kind of curious. That seems very like a, a Southern type of thing to drink. Is it is it a sweet tea, Casey? Because if that's sugar-free, so help me. <laughs> hey, it, it, ha- it says zero sugar right here. Oh, my zero gosh. Sugar. People are going to disown you in the South. Okay, but like, listen, so the real reason that I'm popping one is because my heart, okay? Yeah, If you've listened to this it. podcast more than like twice, you know that I am the can makers apologist, and now I am the can makers just like sadness. And it's, yeah. He tore, his, he tore his freaking Achilles. And like, it's more than just the Achilles and the, for the 2021 season. Achilles injuries are like impossible to come back from at the running back position. I mean, like, Mikel LaShore, like you remember that guy? He was good for two years. Arian Foster tore his Achilles at the end of his season. Then you have people like, it's like Deonta Foreman, you had Beanie Wells, people like that. I mean, like they ripped their Achilles. Who? They never played again. Exactly. <laughs> they never played again. So pour one out for my homie. I'm important my mouth though. I'm just kidding. I know Beanie Wells. That's a very unique name. Ohio State running back. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah. Played at Arizona. So yeah. And that, it makes me sad. Cam Akers is gone. I can no longer stand here and say he is going to potentially be the running back one because now he might not play football. Yeah, Cam, it was rooting for you. Come on, it, baby. It was crazy to think about because that was one of the things we talked about in the last episode was, you know, what are we going to do if we have injuries because we drafted in July? And I remember I brought up like, yeah, that's why I traded for Cam Akers backup because what happens if he goes down? Condensed workload. It all goes to one person. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. So obviously that's our first topic here for the, uh, the NFL news. So Jacob has uh, added some notes here about Daryl Henderson. Uh, Always want to get insurance here with the backup running back. You never know when you may need it. Uh, In this case, you definitely need it. Um, So his ADP has risen from 11.9 to 5.5 in only six days. So man, but you still have him ranked 21. I'm ranked 21, but like I definitely think his ADP will continue to creep up, especially if they don't sign anyone of note. He's going to be the only guy, only only show in town. I mean, for instance, and spoiler alert to everybody, whenever we get into waivers for our dynasty leagues, I'm going to add Xavier Jones right out of the bat because he's the other backup that's in uh, Los Angeles right now. And so I just kind of want to make sure I keep that. But yeah, Daryl Henderson also last season, uh, he – he actually outgained Cam Akers with his rushing work, or Cam Akers outgained him by one solid yard. 
And uh, Daryl Henderson was very productive early in the season until they worked Cam Akers in. So, I mean, it's not like it's a horrible thing for the entirety of the team, but at the same time, it's a big step backwards. I still think Daryl Henderson is going to produce. still think he could potentially be a top 15 guy, but he has, does not have the RB1 potential. Go ahead, Casey. I was just going to say that uh, if you keep up with sports they also are planning on to not sign a free agent uh running back so which means they are really confident in daryl henderson and in xavier jones i think personally by the end of the season that will be uh different i think they'll for sure have to sign uh, a security blanket a player with some experience in the nfl so i think they're going to by the end of the season pick up a a free agency running back that's out there um, but hey, best of luck to them. I the only notes I had so far is uh, K Makers died, so that's hey, what's already hey, been hey, discussed. Hey. <laughs> so he kind of spoiled the uh, third topic. Thanks a lot, Casey. You need to read the show notes, bud. Jerk. Golly, that's why, um, that's why I'm here. So you know, Eric Dickerson had talked about, hey, we need to sign Todd Gurley back. Of course, I'm like, ooh, that's like getting together <laughs> again with your ex for like a party that doesn't know that you've been broken up. You know, and you're like, okay, like we'll do this for the fam, but not really. And then, but it, it's not happening. Uh, they're, they're, no. they're still upset about the animosity about the money that was owed. I'm just smelling Detroit Lions and Calvin Johnson right now vibes. And I'm like, no, they're not going to sign Todd Gurley. I think in my opinion, going OU, they need to sign Adrian Peterson. Cause I think it'd be a good veteran to be able to learn under the tutelage. And he would be a good backup to the backup to be able to just kind of sit there. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I mean, he did have 600 yards last year for Detroit. Sign the man, you know? Yeah, if they're going to sign anyone, they should probably sign Adrian Peterson <clears throat> just because I think he has the most left in the tank, which I which is ironic to say because he's like Todd Gurley's older brother, essentially. Basically, age. yeah. So, I mean, like, I definitely think Adrian Peterson's more of the way to go for that team, but you never know. I think they're going to wait a little bit and see how the, comfortable they feel as camp progresses. And then if they look at it and say, like, we need, like, an absolute grinder between the tackles, Adrian Peterson's the perfect guy. Daryl Henderson definitely can profile more as a pass catcher, so I think that role is secure, and I think he's going to do fine. Yeah, It just kind of depends on that rushing downs work and how much of that he can hold on to. And the good news is is that we're talking about the NFC West today, so obviously we're going to get way, way more in-depth about all of this that's going on and how this is going to affect uh, Matthew Stafford. So talking about QBs, uh, let's go over to another dumpster fire that's going on known as the Green Bay Packers and Gouda Gouda Uh Try saying that three times fast. Um, no, thanks. <laughs> so there is a lot going on right now. Holy cow. Um, so the Green Bay Packer odds have been pulled from popular betting sites because they're suspecting Aaron Rodgers is going to retire before the first practice. And also uh, a couple other tidbits there. Uh, Devontae Adams has also broken <laughs> off extension talks along the last with dance picture. Yeah. We have a last dance picture going up of him. Uh, you know, uh, of course, a rod is of course, MJ and Devontae Adams being uh, Scotty Pippen, which I think for Devontae, it's a great business decision. And I don't know if you're Gunta Kuntz or if you're one of the shareholders for the green Bay Packers going, Holy crap. Um, half of my uh, team is revolting and not reporting to camp. Um, so, Jacob, please help me console of how do I figure this out? Because I drafted Aaron Rodgers in the Stranger Danger League in like the sixth round. Uh, so we're kind of in the same boat. So I, I just say uh, let's uh, let's take a, you know, 
take a sip to uh, our uh, sorrows. This Not is going back for your homies. Yeah, it's getting messier and messier. And then plus, I saw today there's a report where he was requesting a two-year, $90 million contract that would be fully guaranteed. And I mean, that would sink the franchise, but the man would get paid 45 mil a year. But I just, I, I see it's heading for a sloppy, sloppy breakup and it's going to be messy. We're going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it while you have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I would recommend you pick up Jordan Love if you can, but I mean, that's to each their own. So the good news is I have Baker Mayfield, but I also have Ben Roethlisberger. So I knew that there was a chance that this would happen. And I, I basically like, got high on my own supply and I was like, oh, I'll go ahead and pick up big Ben. Let's, let's do that. So Casey, what are your thoughts on it, bud? I mean, this is a trigger point for me. I like, Triggered. I don't like the pack. Like I don't like the Packers, but you have to respect the game of Aaron Rodgers. Um, he knows how to ball. And, and I'm sad that the organization has not treated him, given him the respect he, I feel like he deserves Right. I will say, um, I do know it, it, um, the last time I checked, um, the Packers signed Blake Bortles. I would rather take Blake Bortles over Jordan Love because I am still not confident in Jordan Love's football ability. And so I would I think actually Jordan Love is confident in his up. own ability. You <laughs> <laughs> beat me to the punch. So, so, well, I, I heard y'all say, hey, like be looking to pick up Jordan Love and, and that's totally your choice. I would personally prefer uh, experience. And so I'm going to pick up Blake Bortles because I think they're going to put him in before. The boat, Blake of all time. More power to you. You, you, you can do that. I mean, you're not wrong, though. It's like we assume it's Jordan Love because they drafted him because they're going to try to shove him out there on the field to make sure that he proves, you know, that he was worth that pick so i think wow. he'll definitely get the first crack at it but if he sucks i don't think blake portals is a horrible fallback option for that that team i mean he he was the guy who made Allen robinson all this money whatever Allen robinson was originally in jacksonville he threw him that like 1200 yard year with like i think it was like 10 or 12 touchdowns or something like that like it was something ridiculous yeah so i mean i definitely think that it's not like it's not like De- uh, Devonte adams is necessarily hurt if it's blake portals I think it's one of those things that we just don't know what to expect from Jordan Love. Meanwhile, with Blake Bortles, like Casey said, we kind of have a history we can look at and say like, oh, he's most likely going to hyper-target his best guy. So so what what is y'all's over-under for Devontae Adams uh, teaming up with Derek Carr next year? I'm, I'm putting the over-under at 70%. Depends. How much money do they have? I don't know. Don't, because the, that's, the, that's the question. The Raiders? Yeah. I mean, that'd be my question. Just how much money yeah. are they going to be able to pay him? Let's see here. Let's uh, let's look that up. Casey, okay, so what do you think? I I don't know. Like I I've been thinking on it. I have several different uh, methods, different or different ideas of what I think could happen. I I really just have to believe that I think Adams is at the end of the day, he's gonna go or he's they're gonna he's gonna try to go wherever Aaron Rodgers goes. Um, he seems pretty uh, loyal Jeopardy? to to Aaron Rodgers and. Uh, Maybe that will be a connection that happens for a really long time in the NFL. Um, but I mean, go ahead. Sorry. I, I think it's one of those things of if Devonte Adams does decide to bolt, I think that the, if like, for instance, if something comes out and the Packers get that inkling around midseason, they're going to try to trade him because he is still an asset. He is still a great weapon that any team would love to have. Like for instance, I'm a Dolphins fan. 
if he suddenly became available, yeah, we have an extra first and an extra second. Let's send him as one of the seconds and see if we can get Devontae Adams for a year or two, see what happens, and then go from there. Because if you're a team who has any hopes of pushing for playoffs, why would you not the NFL's top receiver for the past couple of years? So the uh, the cap space yeah. for the Raiders this year is ten million, and then for next year they'll have fifty three million dollars in cap space in twenty twenty two. So they could absolutely sign Devonte Adams and give maybe a bridge deal to Derek Carr. And oh my gosh, Devonte Adams, Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, if he becomes something, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake in the backfield, sign me up. Yep. Yep, Super Bowl ring. Yep, I agree. Casey, I agree. That's, that's your no, wedding I'm, finger. No, I'm, you need I women, am, I, wife. I am saying that I. The question will be: Will that team produce a Super Bowl ring? And because I think that's where Adams is going to go if he leaves Green Bay. He's going to be looking to go to a team where he can win a Super Bowl ring. And I just still do not think with a John Gruden football team are they going to win a super bowl with it well sounds like he's on his way to tampa bay man (laughs) hey i'd take that pay cut if i was him just to see what would happen tom brady mike evans potentially chris godwin potentially still like Le'Veon or Le'Veon bell leonard fournette (laughs) ronald jones that would be fun to see next year I mean, I could see that with Tampa Bay, though, because if they don't, let's say Chris Godwin's like, screw it. I have two uh, two Super Bowl rings from Tampa Bay. I'm, I'm predicting that they're going to win, hypothetically, in, in this conversation. Let's say that they win, too. Or even that, he still won a Super Bowl. He wants to go get paid now. Let's say he leaves. Let's say, you know, t- uh, Tom Brady goes up to Devontae and be like, hey, do you want to hey, win a Super Bowl or do you want to be with the guy that just uh, lost to me? <laughs> okay that's okay. what i thought all right pack your bags i'll, I'll see you in a bit gronk will uh, give you the instructions on the party he'll, right, cool. he'll be he'll be there to meet you in the airport whenever you get out there tampa international he got this <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so um we got a lot of things going on uh happy to our 21st episode thank you to everyone who has uh, been listening to us uh everyone raise a glass and if you are um you know Whatever it may be, whether it be an adult beverage or not, we're all friends here. So we appreciate that. Thank you to everyone who's uh, been listening to us. So we're going to send it to a quick commercial break, and then we're going to be back and enjoy our main topic for today, which is divisional breakdown. Let's get divisional, divisional. I know I just mixed that song up, but it's fine. Ooh. Hello and welcome back. So today's main topic is another divisional breakdown. I already sang once. I'm not going to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) There's that ear splitting screaming that we all I I didn't realize Dayton was here. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So as as we had kind of teased in the the news portion of this episode, we're going to discuss the NFC West. Um, So a couple of things here. Um, to recap from this past year, so uh, Seattle won the division. Uh, that was kind of a big thing because we had that concern there going on about how, um, you know, Jamal Adams was like lighting up a cigar and then they lost to the Rams in the playoffs who went 10 and six. And, you know, they're like, yeah, take that. You know, they were smoking cigars. So that, you know, there's a lot of animosity amongst these teams in the NFC West. Then we had Arizona who was, 
you know, they were a playoff contender into December and then it completely fell apart. The team fell apart. Kyler kind of had had some injuries there, I believe, with his shoulder, if I remember correctly. And they lost those last couple of games. And then, of course, San Francisco, their season was done before they were even out of September with all of the injuries that they had on the defensive side. And then also Jimmy G going down once again. Kind of so, like our like your senior year, my junior year in high school, when everybody just croaked over in the preseason. Why are we bringing that up? Because <laughs> I like hurts. OK, I'm still bleeding from Cam Akers. OK, I have to vent all my pain somewhere. Oh, man. Yeah. So. You know, so there was a a lot that was going on, but this year, uh, this off season, uh, with the additions and subtractions that are going on, there's been a lot of movement going on in the NFC West. First, starting off, of course, with uh, Cam Akers tearing his ACL. Unfortunately, no, no, no. I wish it was his ACL. It was his Achilles. Oh, sorry, Achilles, Achilles. I sorry, wish, like as bad as it sounds, I wish it was his ACL because that's that's manageable. That's no problem. Oh yeah, it was the dude's Achilles. There's yeah. a reason why it's called the Achilles tendon the achilles heels because of greek mythology come on man jacob's history corner sorry man like i'm i'm halfway through my bourbon okay through my cup so i'm I'm, uh, no it's because i'm a little tired i'm dehydrated i ran earlier it's beside the point it's beside the point um and then um you know arizona they you know they reloaded they added jjy they added james connor and aj green uh joined arizona uh, and then just breaking before we started recording, uh, Chandler Jones is requesting a trade who is owed $15.5 million in his final year here with Arizona. So we'll need to keep an eye on that. Also with Larry Fitzgerald's retirement is still looming. There's concerns there. And then of course, uh, Kenyon Drake was traded to uh, the Raiders. And then uh, last but not least, uh, Fred Warner, uh, signed a new deal with the San Francisco 49ers, making him one of the richest linebackers ever. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, with a lot of, um, and then I didn't put this in there, but it was more so like all the injured players for the 49ers that will be coming back. Uh, mainly of course uh, with um, Their defense, just period. Yes. Uh, defense in general, but shoot, what's his name? Nick. Warner? He's huh? Warner Warner. No, 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 no. Um, he is, he's the brother. Crap. Why can't I Bosa. think of it? Yes. The Bosa. Yes. Him being the crown jewel and potentially being a defensive player, of the year caliber player, him returning from injury. Uh, so there's a lot going on there. And then of course with some notable rookies that we'll be taking a look at uh, Trey Lance was drafted number three overall. You know, we remember all of that Kyle Shanahan having his infamous, uh, Q and A's that he was having and basically being honest. And he was like, well, how am I supposed to know if they're going to be on the team, you know, on Sunday, they may die between now and then, you know, j- just him being very candid. Um, Trey Sermon joining uh, San Francisco and then, um, uh, you know, Arizona continuing to retool that defense. They drafted Xavier Collins uh, out of Tulsa. Um, he was the Bronco Nagurski and Chud Bagnarik award winner, and he was also unanimous All-American. So a great linebacker coming into that fold for Arizona. And then with the Rams drafting Tutu Atwell with um, Sean McVay and company, you know, adding more tools for Matthew Stafford and, and kind of helping out with that slot receiver, kind of that Corey Cup type of uh, cut cut of cloth, so to speak. Uh, bringing in more of these quote unquote, you know, kind of under the radar wide receivers that can blossom into something very consistent and spectacular for that offense. So with that being said, gentlemen, uh, let's get into the uh, projected records. Um, Oh, 
well, I was, uh, is there anything that y'all wanted to add on the, uh, the recap and the additions and subtractions other than the yeah. stuff that we've already hit? I'll just say that Kenyon Drake was signed. He wasn't traded. I don't think. Oh, okay. Thank I think you. he was a free agent ad. But other than that, no, not really. I know Seattle <clears> drafted <throat> like their first draft pick. They drafted, um, <clears throat> I think it was Dwayne Eskridge. He's out of Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's kind of something that's kind of eyebrow raising and interesting because why would you draft a wide receiver with your first draft pick when your defense was in shambles for most of the year last year? But other than that, I mean, not really. I know that the Cardinals signed former Raiders center uh, Rodney Hudson. So that's going to help their offensive line out. And so uh, other than that, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I I was just going to quickly point out that there were a lot of coaching changes, which can always happen, which does happen all the time. But the noticeable ones to me is uh, Robert Saleh went over to the Jets to be the head coach, leaving his defensive position. And – the Seahawks also got a new offensive coordinator by the name yeah. of Shane Waldron. Shane Waldron. But because but Brian Schottenheimer wasn't running the ball enough. Yeah. I was going to say it's, it's not that much of a shocker that the Seahawks are going through another offensive coach, but here we are. Yeah, and, and all that Russell Wilson noise that was going on. Uh, you could you could easily say Seattle right now, they should be thanking their stars that Russell Wilson just kind of was like, yeah, we kissed and made up for now for this year because that could very easily be Green Bay, Green Bay 2.0, just a younger version, Definitely. in all honesty. Um, and then, of course, you know, we've discussed their receivers and the concerns that we have there with them, with DK Metcalf and, of course, Tyler Lockett, you know, being great performers in the first half, not really knowing what's going on in the second half. Chris Carson, we could go on and on and on. So moving into the projected records. So uh, I think the best way that we need to do this is we'll just kind of go one, two, three uh, on all of the uh, the picks that we have here. And then we can kind of converse on some of the differences we have. So commissioner, uh, would you please do the honor of going first, please? Oh, always. I like to put the best foot forward. So <laughs> uh, I have Arizona going 12 and five. They're going to be my division winner. Do you want to break it down from there or just go team by team? Oh, we'll just go team by team, and then we'll kind of okay. kind of go into the bigger. <clears throat> so I have Arizona going 12 and 5. Then I have the Rams going 11 and 6. Fun fact for you, before the Cam Akers injury, I had the Rams going 13 and 4, which would actually have been the division lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because that happened, uh, we can get into it more later, but stuff changed. And then I have Seattle at 10 and 7. Then I have the 49ers at 8 and 9 currently. Okay, so um, I would say that my picks are very similar, uh, almost identical, actually. Uh, so I also have Arizona going 12 and 5 being the division winner. And then I have the Rams and San Francisco being tied at 11 and 6 with the divisional tiebreaker going to the Rams. Um, you know, the Rams, uh, I agree. My projections earlier were as either like 14 and three, 13 and four, very similar, you know, them winning the, the division. Uh, but since Cam Akers did have that injury, I'm just imagining probably somewhere in November, December, you know, they're going to be on the road late into the game. They need to be able to run, run the ball out and run out the clock. Something stupid happens. They lose, you know, lose, you know, by two points or something in in, in the end there. Uh, And then of course I have uh, Seattle at 10 and seven finishing in fourth. But the one thing I would like to note on this is that I, I'm not predicting this, but I I think this division is going to be one of the toughest divisions in the league besides the AFC North that has the potential for top to bottom 
has the potential to have at the very least three teams, but could potentially make history and having all four teams go to the playoffs. I know that sounds crazy, but these four teams are stacked. They're reloaded and it's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, Casey, what, what about you? What's your projection, sir? So I did not come up with a uh, win loss uh, projections. Exactly. Um, but You're I do fired. agree in the sense that I believe uh, Arizona has a, a good chance of winning the division. I think they will win the division for the very simple fact that when you look at Arizona, uh, I looked at their schedule. They seem to have the easiest schedule in the NFC West, looking at just all the other teams and the teams that they played throughout the year. Yeah, um, I, I, I would typically go. Uh, the Seahawks in this can in the, during this time because of Russell Wilson. I love Russell Wilson, but their defense is just atrocious. Um, it's Bobby Wagner and questions. everybody else. <laughs> yep. I, I have a lot of questions with the Rams, with the Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay relationship, which I know we're going to talk about. And then the 49ers are just, man, they are uh, just injured like crazy over there and i question jimmy g's ability after coming back from his injury so i do think arizona has the best chance and going back to the last time you had me uh on this podcast i i agree with us that if arizona is going to win uh a super bowl this is the time to do it all righty so i'm glad to see that we're all in agreement on arizona i mean you know i feel like that's pretty that team is completely reloaded if they're able to avoid injuries they have a they put themselves into a terrific opportunity of being able to go deep into the playoffs Uh, i feel like with arizona with them having you know finishing third last year is actually going to do make be a huge benefit this year because they get the third strongest schedule quote unquote in that division Um, I feel like we all kind of have similar agreements on Seattle taking a step back as they're going to have the hardest schedule out of that group. And then the Rams, the Rams are still up, up in the air. I mean, Matthew Stafford's still there. I mean, we kind of talked about previously, uh, before the show began about how we feel like this is basically the lions 2.0 other than that they have better coaching and maybe some better tools, but they still don't have the, the running game is now a huge question in my opinion. And, And Jacob, I know you love Henderson, but. I mean, realistically, are, is this going to be, you know, a top 15 rushing attack in the backfield? I mean, they, is Sean McVay going to be able to figure this out with some of his voodoo magic and be able to get this team ready to go and, and win in some ball games this year? Well, I mean, because, you know, earlier in the podcast, whenever we, we were talking about Cam Akers, it was the pros and cons of it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I brought up the fact that Cam Akers only had one more rushing yard than Daryl Henderson with seven more attempts. There's a little bit of an efficiency lean that you can give to Daryl Henderson. And then I believe Daryl better, so I think they can be a top 15 because whether it be Daryl Henderson and Xavier Jones or whether it be, you know, Adrian Peterson and Daryl Henderson, I think combined they'll be able to do it because now they, ha- they have Matthew Stafford flinging the rock to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and then Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, you know, all those players. And so you're no longer going to see eight people in the box. Like you might be lucky to get six people in and feel comfortable with your pass prote- protection. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. I think they can. Will I th- do? I think they will. Yeah. I, I, I have them, I think right now, like number 14, number 13 in overall okay. rushing yards. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, it's a big blow losing cam makers. It's a big blow losing a guy that they were talking about earlier in the off season about 
getting more involved in the passing game, running routes from the slot. But now they're going to Daryl Henderson, who I would argue is a better pass catcher than Cam Akers, but just not nearly as the same on the same level as the runner as Cam is. So that will be missed. But I think I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be fine because we remember Daryl Henderson was a top twenty or top fifteen running back through I think it was the first like six weeks of the year. He actually had. I think of his like six or seven starts, he had five starts that were in the top 24, which is a usable running back in your average fantasy league. And then I think he had three finishes in the top 12. So that means he, you know, he carried your week, week to a degree. Right. I I think it'd be all right. I think it'd be good. Casey, do you feel like this, uh, the Rams team is going to rely too much on the passing game, or do you think they're going to be able to kind of figure out this rushing game? All respect to Sean McVay. I think he is a great uh, coach. Um, I think they're going to have to rely on Matthew Stafford to throw the ball downfield. This is no disrespect to um, – wow, totally spaced on his Henderson. But I just – I question it. I, I really do. Like, I – he had that one – I mean, he played last year and he did okay. But – let's just say something crazy happens. Well, it's not crazy anymore because it actually did happen. But if he gets injured, we don't know about these next people who are going to have to step up to the plate. And so I think, and it's very often, it's not very often do you see a running back play every week, stay healthy for a whole season without something happening Happening, to them. Yeah. yeah. And so my question is, if, he gets injured and he has to sit out a week. Who do they have that you would even worth give consideration to? Xavier Jones. They have a backup that they were talking about last year. They're kind of bringing him up I, a little bit. But I mean, I'm sorry, listen, who? Who, who is that? I'm sorry. Yeah, Xavier Jones. He's the third string running back who's now been promoted to the second string because of Cam Akers' injury. Casey's writing down who? notes right now to pick him up in the waiver, the waiver wire. He's he's trying to he's Playing him low key, but he to- desperately is once Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, because because I mean, right now, uh, Casey's yeah, like yeah, he's right. Daryl Henderson didn't play like fifty percent of the snaps in the first half of the year, but the thing about Daryl Henderson is he's a very explosive player. Against Philadelphia, he had twelve carries for eighty-one yards. That's six point eight per touch. Against Buffalo, he had twenty carries for one fourteen five point seven. I mean, he's a very explosive runner, so he's kind of more in the Miles Sanders aspect of life. Mm-hmm. My big thing is that I think with Matthew Stafford having the history throwing to running backs. I mean, Theo Riddick was a yearly was a yearly conversation on like, are you going to use him because he can catch 50, 60 passes a year, and that's what you need in PPR leagues. Right. So I think that's Daryl Henderson's aim. And I mean, if he goes down, the coaching staff knows it. Like, why would they focus on the rushing attack anyways? Whenever you have Matthew Stafford, who's used to throwing the ball sixty times a game, because I mean, it's all they did in Detroit because it's all they could do because they never had a running back. And, and I, I think. I, 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 Go ahead. I want to follow. I want to follow that up really quickly with saying, like, I I don't want to bash the Rams' uh, running back scheme altogether. Like, I think there is a chance. I actually have Daryl Henderson as my breakout player. Like, I think his job is the job to lose. Like, he's either going to do have an incredible season and a great year, or he's going to lose his job. And so, I don't want to be the guy to say it's not going to happen. I'm just looking at events and situations from the past but I really do hope that the Rams will have a healthy balance of offense and then with their defense they actually have a chance to win the division except they have a really hard schedule not as hard as the Seahawks but they also have a very difficult 
schedule this season. Let's let's wind the clocks back a couple of years. Um, I remember, you know, the conversation a few years back was, you know, how is Sean McVay going to be able to replace the production of Todd McGurley? Uh, McGurley. That bourbon hit hard, didn't it? <clears throat> Todd Gurley. <laughs> and, um, you know, that was the conversation that we were having and no one knew who Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson was before this past season. So in defense of uh, Xavier Rhodes, you know, I, I'm going to trust Sean McVay on this and he's going to figure it out. And, you know, he was quoted saying, you know, let's, let's give it to the youngsters. Let's let them figure it out. You know, we're going to give them an opportunity. So, you know, Sean McVay is the one who's like watching film 18 hours a day. And is just like, Hey man, I, I kind of like that guy. Let's, uh, let's get that. Why, why can't we pick him up? Is he out of Eastern Washington? All right, let's, uh, let's give him a plane ticket and bring him in. Okay. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's my opinion on that. Uh, I did notice that we did have uh, some pivoting here a little bit, uh, differencing on San Francisco. So, Jacob, my question to you is, so you have them at eight and nine. I have them at 11 and six. What do you think the differentiation is between the three wins there? I'm not a big believer in Trey Lance. I think and it, it worries me because after the last podcast where we kind of talked about it, I mean, I, I mentioned that Trey Lance had similar vibes to Paxton Lynch to where mm. they're both big dudes have some rushing ability i know um trey lance is on a different tier but still like have some rushing ability and they have big arms and so i mean like fantastic and throw the ball down the field mm-hmm. but the thing about it is you know i'm not knocking small schools because i know that you know guys produce small schools all the time I and mean, carson wentz was an mvp candidate for a couple of years Yep. So, and they're from the same school. <laughs> I was thinking to say, ironically. <laughs> yeah. And so I look at this and I'm just like, the fact that there were concerns about his processing coming into the league, about how he's, you know, differentiating between cover two, cover three, cover, cover four, where's the mm-hmm. blitz coming from, setting up the linemen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That to me is concerning because, I mean, you look at Drew Locke, he was from Missouri. He has what he has a cannon attached to his shoulder but he can't read a defense worth a day. He just tries to rocket it as hard as he can to his receiver and pray to God he throws in the right direction. A little Brett Favreism. <laughs> hey, but Brett Favre did it well. Okay. Right, exactly. Okay. That's that's the difference between the two. I agree. But so that that's my big concern is I wasn't a Trey Lance believer. No, it's not because the rushing thing. I know I'm like, that's kind of my thing, but still I look at it and it's well, if Trey Lance is able to is not able to produce like they traded up for that franchise is going to be set back a couple of years. And I mean, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is currently the better option, not saying it's anything crazy, but I'm saying that currently like for the short term, Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy to have behind center until they can get stuff figured out. So that's my concern. Defense. Great. I just think that division is too difficult. I think they're going to lose most of their divisional matchups. Yeah. See, I, I think Kyle Shanahan and company, him and John Lynch are going, you know what, let's run it back. Let's let's give Jimmy G one last go at this. If he gets injured, obviously we're going to turn over to Trey Lance and, and see if we can have some magic there. But I, I am, uh, you know, going from the stance of that Jimmy G is going to be healthy the entire year and they're going to go, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And they're going to try to do the same thing that they did, which is get a lead and let your defense protect the lead. And, and so that's the reason I think that they're going to be 11 and six. I still think they're a very dangerous team, uh, even with Jimmy G because Jimmy G that's the, that's the thing. He is a very consistent QB can win you a lot of games, but yeah. he's never healthy. He, and that's exactly, the biggest issue. He's exactly what that team needs. They don't necessarily need the quarterback to carry them. They just need the quarterback not to lose the game for them. 
And I think putting a rookie Trey Lance, who essentially we haven't seen play since 2019, because the uh, Division Two FCS season was canceled last year, right? Because COVID. Yeah. Well, it was played they in played the spring, one... and yeah, so, so he was already getting ready for the draft. Yeah. yeah and he played one game. Central Arkansas. That... Yeah, he played one game. And he threw like what three picks or something like that. Yeah, it was not good. It was like, like it 15 for 31. And it wasn't. Great. I know that people can have rough games. I mean, he's probably shaking some rust off. There's no problems with that. I will spot him that game, won't even look at it. But I just look at the fact that we haven't seen him play consistently since 2019. That's my biggest thing. That's that's the thing that I look at, and that's the thing that makes me worried for Trey Lance. I mean, I hope it works out. I hope all the best for it. I hope he comes in, kicks butt, and takes names because it make that division even more fun. But that's my concern because I think if you can't have a running back that's healthy, because, I mean, Trey Sermon, we were pretty high on him on this podcast. Mm-hmm. He had injury issues his entire college career. Raheem Mostert, yeah. injury concerns his entire career. I mean, he's a 29-year-old guy who bounced back and forth between five teams. Then you have Jermichael Hasty or Hardesty from Baylor. He had a couple injuries. And then they have they have like just everyone's hurt. It seems like whoever's in that running back room isn't sacrificing a chicken to the right person or something because they always get hurt. It's always that position. I mean, they drafted a guy in the fifth round, Elijah Mitchell. And he has a legit shot at playing time because everyone else on that freaking backfield is probably going to be out for a week or two at some point. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what it is about the, the fields, you know, from last year, it's something about New York because they always have like the weird turf thing going on. Anytime like a West West coast team goes out East, something terrible happens. I don't know if it's because of just the, the, uh, the airplane rides or whatever it is time, you know, time ranges, whatever it may be. But okay, okay. I think we we kind of got away from the lead, so we need to go back to Arizona, talk about some fantasy people, and then we'll work our way back back south. Yeah, it sounds good. Sounds good. All Where right. would you like to start, Commissioner? And we'll start with Arizona. We'll just go back to the top of the division, just kind of briefly hit on the fantasy prospects. I mean, you have Kyler Murray there, who we're projecting, I think, as a top five quarterback this year. Yeah, top absolutely. Quarterback, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's lock it in. Last year, he was the quarterback one. And I think I saw or heard a fun stat that he was no, he didn't finish outside the quarterback one until the week after he got a shoulder injured. And that's when everything kind of fell to pot because he stopped running as much. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, that's a big concern there. I mean, he isn't the the biggest guy in the world. And so when one of your, your, your best attributes is, is injured, especially in his case where he relies on that. Yeah. Um, it's 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 really difficult to be able to to do that. And another big piece that's in there is DeAndre Hopkins, who I think is going to be benefit oh. benefactor of the fact that they have AJ Green. And I understand AJ Green hasn't been the AJ Green that we know and love from years past, but just simply fact of having that type of uh, weapon on the other side and being able to catch a few fades here and there and be able to pick up 10 to 15 yards just to be able to, if he's able to become anything half of what he was beforehand far as a weapon that's going to open up so much more for Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be so it's going to be interesting to see what yeah. happens. So it's so like, here's a fun fact for you. So last season, Deandre Hopkins had 160 targets. The second highest player on that roster was Christian Kirk with 79. So that I mean, lets I, you know, <laughs> I mean, that lets you know, but at the same time, like he, he can do it by himself. So if he has just that little bit of relief, like you're talking about, his efficiency is probably going to go up. His 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 receptions might dip just a touch, but his efficiency of every, with every catch will should go up a little bit because 
defenses can't just say, hey, three guys, go stand by DeAndre and pray to God he doesn't catch it. I mean, we all saw what happened in the Bills game. It still didn't work. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it was in Houston uh, exactly. with Deshaun. I mean, it, he's the same guy. He's got another good nine years left in him. It's going to be terrific to watch. I mean, I hope he's on my the OG league, and I just hope he stays around for that long. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Casey. Fingers crossed. Casey, do you have any uh, prospects that you're looking forward to out of uh, Arizona there? I'm just excited about Arizona in general. I'm, I like, I love Kyler Murray, hashtag OU fan slash uh, Super Bowl ring coming soon. Um, mm-hmm. Really, the only <laughs> question I, I had regarding is uh, they allowed Patrick Peterson to leave during the free agency to go to the Vikings. Um, mm. So that does leave a, a spot open in the secondary. And I'm not for sure. I could look into it more. Um, I don't know if they fixed that issue. Is there a person ready to step up there? Um, but I, I mean, at least for me personally, I know Patrick Peterson is a big loss. And so I, I, I would be curious yeah. if in that young defense, do they have a leader that would be able to step up specifically in the secondary? Well, I, I think with uh... – I think they passed the mantle over to Buda Baker, in my opinion. And with Isaiah Simmons, you know, when he was at Clemson, I mean, he was the huge defensive specialist that they drafted at eight last year. Uh, He'll be going into his second year. You know, he was kind of so-so last year, I think, just trying to figure out his role. But, you know, he played safety, corner or nickelback, and uh, even some linebacker for, for Clemson. So it'll be interesting to see what type of mold and what type of packages they have for him. They have Chandler, uh, Chandler Jones at the moment, and then they also have, of course, J.J. Watt. So they have some good leaders on that team. But, yeah, I agree, Casey. It's going to be interesting to see how they shore up uh, the back end of the uh, the defense because Buda Baker can't be everywhere. Well, so we think. I mean, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> they signed Darquez Dennard. He was from Minnesota. Okay. I mean, he's kind of had an up and down career, but I mean, he's something. And I think they're kind of looking at playing a different style of defense this year because Pat Pete was the lockdown man-to-man corner. So I think this year you might see them play a little bit more soft, softer zone coverage. So that way, you know, they can just keep everything in front of them. But I think the real conversation, you know, we can spend a couple minutes here uh, real quick. It's, is it James Conner or is it Chase Edmonds this year? Ooh. Because Kenyon Drake... Kenyon Drake is no longer on the team. As we said, he's now with the Raiders. I mean, he led the team in rushing with 955 rushing yards. He had 10 touchdowns. And so, I mean, he, he was their, you know, obviously their starting running back. And uh, so Chase Edmonds was down there. He was spelling him every now and then. And I think he, he, yeah, he started one or two games. Uh, Taylor, do you remember? I think it was Miami, right? Uh, yeah, I was just looking that up. So yeah, he, he had like 20 something carries for 70 yards. It was garbage. It was bad. Yeah, he had 25 but, carries for 70 yards. He was 96% of the snaps. That was his that was his one shot of glory and then it went back to and he fell eight miserably. To, yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I look at this and do you think it's going to be James Conner or do you think it's going to be Chase Edmonds? I'll just leave this as an opening because I have a slight bias because he's I think it's going to be James Conner, honestly. <laughs> I think it's going to be James Conner because Chase Edmonds hasn't proven anything that he can be able to carry the workload regardless of what garbage the offensive line was. I mean, they've been able to improve the last two years and we'll see what type of uh, offensive line they're going to have this year. But I feel like Chase Edmonds is the type of runner that needs more blocking than usual. And 
but he's better as a pass catcher. Whereas James Connor can run between the tackles. He can be able yeah. to figure it out. Yep. I'm with that. I, I definitely sign on to that. Not just because he's on my team. Alrighty. So let's look at the uh, top picks uh, for QB running back wide receiver and tight end. So for me, I have Kyler Murray at quarterback. I have Chris Carson at running back. I have wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. And then of course at tight end, George Kittle, uh, one of the top three tight ends in the, uh, in the league uh, bar none. Um, Jacob, what about your picks? I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's Kyler Murray for me. I'm running back. I actually have Daryl Henderson because I do think of that division. He will have the most fantasy success this year. Wide receivers, nuke DeAndre Hopkins, and then tight end is George Kittle. That's an easy one. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the layup. There's not really a lot of positional competition in this division. I think the one you could probably argue the most is, you know, the running backs, because right now you have a herd of three, three to four guys, you know, from every team that you could say could be the top guy, but everyone else I think is pretty solid. Uh, Casey, what about your picks? Uh, so funny enough for my quarterback, I put Russell Wilson. Mm. I still feel like Russell Wilson, Ooh. Russell Wilson is the king is the king quarterback in the <laughs> NFC West until he loses it. I love Kyler Murray, but I love Russell Wilson too. And I think that's his until he loses it. I got a uh, Chris Carson is running back. George Kittle is tied in, and I'm also with you, Hopkins, for wide receiver. So you think Russell Wilson is going to have a better fantasy year than Kyler Murray? Absolutely. Really? You, okay. you need to find the nearest I, I, door, I, I, walk so out of it. I, I believe – so I, I think that the defense of the Seattle Seahawks is going to make them lose games. But I think Russell Wilson is still going to put up good numbers with – the wide receivers that he's got on both sides of the ball. I mean, we, we, speaking of Seattle, we totally skipped them by the way, that bourbon and you know, this, this beer is hitting a little hard on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. But the, I think from this, from the Seattle, I mean, everything's pretty much set in stone. You have Russell Wilson at the quarterback position. He's going to be a solid option. He's hot and he's cold half the season. He's amazing. The other half, not so much. This season, maybe we'll finally find a little bit of, you know, consistency from from week to week. From the running back position, we know it's going to be Chris Carson. When he's healthy, he has proven to be a top 15 running back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I mean, by the way, OSU graduate Chris Carson. <laughs> <laughs> I think that... If, oh, mm, one player. Don't even one talk player. with me. At least I have a soul, Ginger. Get out of the year that he has been Everett, who they signed. They will Disley, who tore his Achilles last year. And so uh, I think the biggest conversation is DK Metcalf, you know, is he going to take the next step into that consistent wide receiver one territory or is he going to follow the hot and cold? Is he just going to be like, what is he? Because I, I don't know, like Tyler Lockett done, even though he, for some, like he had a hundred catches last year, did not feel like it at all. He had 100 receptions and that blew my mind when I originally saw it. But anyway, so like, DK Metcalf, we're presume we are presuming him to take that next step. And at an average draft for um, startup dynasties, he's going in the first round, first like mid first, early second, somewhere in that tier. Usually, I think that's way too high. I think that's setting way too much expectation for a guy that you saw do it for half a year and then he killed your team for the other half. Because I think the fantasy footballer said that there were games like the first half of the season he was averaging like wide receiver six. Tyler Lockett was averaging wide receiver seven. In the last half of the year, Tyler Lockett was like wide receiver 50 in multiple weeks. And then uh, you had DK Metcalf, who was consistent, like wide receiver 40 or something. And 
if your top option at receiver puts those numbers up, that has a great chance of sinking your week and you're going to catch that L. So, I mean, just real quick, like, I'm confused. I need help. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All righty. So we're going to move into our uh, last topic here real quick, our breakout picks uh, for the uh, NFC West. So for myself, I have Trey Sermon. I feel like that backfield is ripe for opportunity. And, um, you know, some of the discussions and that we've discussed in the past uh, from the uh, news section talking about Trey Sermon and how, how much is he's, he's impressing Kyle Shanahan. And if he's able to stay healthy, I think that he can be a, a breakout player, not only for San Francisco, but also helping them win and potentially get into the playoffs. Okay. Okay. So bad Casey, who you got? I know you said it earlier. I just wanted to hear it again. I've got a Daryl Henderson. I believe that uh, until otherwise it's his job for the keeping and his job to, uh, keep that throughout the entire season. Definitely going to be the bell cow there. Uh, listen, that's that's yeah. my hope and my prayer because I have two fantasy <laughs> leagues that most likely hinge on Daryl Henderson, especially the OG league in which I was primed for a championship run and now not so much because I lost my one of my top running backs. But that's my breakout, I listen, I'm sad. My breakout was actually James Conner because wow, I, feel okay. like, I feel like he's going to grab a hold of that job by the Kojos and not let go because Kenyon Drake's specialty was goal line touches and he was, you know, the goal to go back. And so that's how he scored 10 touchdowns. Uh, Chase Edmonds, I believe had, I've heard on one of the podcasts, I think it was CBS. He had one carry from within the, I think the 10 and in from, so the goal to go, he had one carry. He's not the goal line back. That offense is going to be moving up and down the field. And so I want the guy who has the chance of scoring touchdowns. Plus, we forget James Conner was a top 10 fantasy running back last season before he got injured and before that offensive line fell apart. I would lean towards more of the offensive line absolutely disappearing that contributed to his fantasy downfall more so than his ability just kind of dilapidating that quickly. So, I mean, I'm, I'm buying back in for one more year, dang it. Yeah, I, I think he's he's going to come out with a vengeance. That's a really nice pick there, Jacob. Um, yeah, especially after the way that he left with Pittsburgh. Um, you know, he was a, a great player till he had that injury, I think, in 2018. And then he, he was very kind of up and down this past year. But, yeah, I think he's going to come out with a vengeance. And kind of like he said, he's really de- definitely going to take this uh, job by the reins and just hold on to it for dear life. It's going to be um, a painful situation for anyone trying to take it from him. I'm telling you, anything grabbed by the Kojos is a painful situation to get out. <laughs> All righty. Well, folks, uh, that, that's going to uh, conclude our uh, episode 21. Uh, I'm going to need to drink some water here in a bit. Uh, it's, <laughs> been a, uh, it's been a very fun time. Thank you, Casey, for uh, joining us on this episode. I uh, just want to quickly remind everybody where you can listen to us. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please give us a five-star rating. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening to us, such as Anchor Podcast, Breaker, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and, of course, Apple Podcasts. Jacob, why don't you tell the fine folks where they can send in an email or a tweeter? Listen, you can give us all the good cake recipes on Twitter at Misfit underscore FF, or if you want to send us an email and keep that you know family cake recipe secluded away from the world and just for Taylor and I to enjoy and our wives – mainly just Taylor and I, let's be, let's be real. You can send it to our email at the.misfit.ff at gmail.com. And we'd happily answer any and all of your fantasy questions, you know, ranging from commissioner questions, league questions, just all of the above. 
All righty. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to send it out, but we hope to see you again soon. Bye-bye. All right. Adios. Woohoo! Deuce.